Hello, Real Life family and friends. Pastor Tim here with you again, and I'm excited to be continuing talking about uh, spirit living. And we're, we're trying to learn how to live uh, in fellowship with the Holy Spirit and, and actively engaged in uh, building the kingdom of God through the gifts of God, um, that how God wants to bless us, but also bless others through us. And so um, I want to pray uh, as we start this message out. But before I do, I just want to read a verse um, and inspire us with this idea. So Hebrews eleven six says, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. So as we're talking about spiritual gifts today, and we have been for a couple of weeks, I just want to remind you that we are not seeking gifts. We are seeking the giver, right? And our eyes are on God. Our eyes are on Jesus. And the Bible says that it's impossible to please God without faith. We need to trust in Him. We need to believe in Him. And so we're not trying to, to, to uh, be like anybody else or do something for God. We're simply developing our relationship with God, with the Holy Spirit. And then God in that relationship just simply lives through us. And part of that expression of God uh, to us and through us are spiritual gifts. And so our faith is in God, our trust is in God. We're not trying to do something. We're just trying to develop our walk with Him. And so I encourage you uh, today to keep seeking Him and pursuing Him with all of your heart. So let's pray. God, we thank you for today and ask that your Spirit, Holy Spirit, that you open our eyes to grow, to learn, to see uh, who you are and who you are in us and what you want to do through us. We pray that your word will come alive in us today, God, and we just open our hearts to receive from you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, as we continue to talk about um, spirit living. We're going to talk about the power gifts today, about healing, uh, miracles, and faith. And uh, before we get into it, I want to read a passage out of Galatians chapter 1, or chapter 3, verse 1. It says, You foolish Galatians, Paul is writing, he says, Who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. And here's the main point of this passage. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? So I just want to touch on this for a second um, because Paul is saying, did you uh, receive the Spirit? Did you get saved? Or do you have this relationship with God because you did all the right things, because you followed the law, because you became a good religious person, or because you believed? And the answer, obviously, is because you believed, because you have faith. Remember, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so our faith is the key. It's not in what we're doing. It is believing and trusting in God. It's having a relationship with God. And so he goes on to say, are you so foolish after beginning by means of the Spirit? Are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? In other words, are you um, trying to do things now and then he, he goes on to say, have you experienced so much in vain if it really is what if it really was in vain? So again, I ask, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by believing what you've heard? 
And again, the answer is by believing what we hear. Faith is what our trust, our relation with God is what accesses the gifts of the Spirit. We do not, uh, we do not work at obeying the law, at doing all the right things, doing all the right religious activities in order to earn miracles or earn the gifts of God or earn our salvation or earn the anointing of the Spirit. But rather, it's our relationship with God, our faith in God, that releases the Spirit in our lives, right? And so I just want to encourage you to remember that, that this is not about something we're just doing. We can't just create the gifts of God. We can't dictate the gifts of God. We can't earn the spiritual gifts that God wants to bless us with and bless through us. But it comes in a relationship with Him in faith. That's why that scripture says it's impossible to please God without faith. You can't just do all the law perfectly and somehow earn you know, the Holy Spirit or earn the gifts of God. No, it's only in a relationship of faith with Him. So let's talk about the power gifts. We talked about how Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 through 11. He lists nine different gifts. Last week, we talked about the revelation gifts. And those were um, the, the gift of the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. Today, we're going to talk about three that are referred to as the power gifts, faith, healing, and miracles. So let's start with faith. All right. The definition of this would be seeing in the spirit what God is doing or wanting to do and then acting that acting upon that to see it come to pass. So it's really faith. A gift of faith is seen in the spirit, not necessarily with your physical eyes, but seen in the spirit with spiritual eyes, having a clear picture or a clear understanding of what God wants to do in the physical. And then as you see that, you act upon it. Faith always acts. Faith always speaks. And so when you know what God's will is, when you see what God's doing or wants to do, you speak it and you act upon it. And that's the gift of faith. So let me give you a couple examples. We're going to do a couple biblical examples and then a Jesus example. And then, you know, some of these will have personal examples too. So looking at Acts chapter 3, we see a story where Peter and John are coming into the temple. So let me read a couple verses here. It says, One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. And Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave his attention and expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have. But what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. And, and jump, and he was praising God. And it was a great miracle. Well, we could talk about this in the category of miracles, but I want to talk about this as the gift of faith. Because this guy was crippled from his birth. And he had been there, this was his daily routine. routine. Everybody knew this guy. 
In fact, maybe even Jesus had walked by him. The apostles had probably walked by him before. But on this day, at this moment, this is what I believe happened. I believe Peter is walking by and, you know, we all have our agenda. And in fact, Peter and John, they were going to the temple. They were going to prayer. They were going to their religious activity. And that was important. And how many of us, we have this agenda and we think what we're doing is so important that we can walk right on by what God already wants to do. And in this moment, the Holy Spirit brought Peter's attention to this man and he looked at him. He didn't just walk by, he looked at him and I believe he saw what God wanted to do. That today, on this day, at this moment, the Holy Spirit was showing Peter it's time for this guy to be healed. I believe he saw something in the spirit realm because he looks at him and then he says to him in the name of Jesus, walk. He sees that God wants to heal this man and then his faith speaks it out and then he acts it out and he grabs the man by his right hand and he begins to lift him and, the, and a miracle happened and his legs were strengthened he jumped up and he began to praise God. He began to walk, he began to leap, he began to jump and everybody's attention uh, came to this amazing miracle. And it was a gift of faith. I believe Peter saw something of the Holy Spirit revealing to him what God was ready to do. And he stopped and he, and he released that faith into this, this, this moment. And uh, later as the crowds gathered around, Peter says this in verse 16. He says, By faith in the name of Jesus... By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know, all of these people knew this guy, was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him as you can all see. It was a great miracle, a great miracle. And it's the gift of faith. It's seen with your spiritual eyes something that God's ready to do. Now, to, to do that... We need to be in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. We need to be walking in the Holy Spirit. We need to be living in the presence of God and seeking what God, God wants to do. I believe Peter was doing that. I believe he was walking in anticipation of the Holy Spirit leading his day. And all of a sudden, what was an ordinary routine and a normal walk into the synagogue turned into an extraordinary moment of, of a, a miracle and a healing and, and a glory to God moment for that man and for that whole crowd who experienced this. Another example um, is Paul, who also healed a cripple in a dramatic way. In Acts chapter 14, I want to read a couple verses for you there. Um, it says, In Lystra there sat a man crippled in his feet, who was lame from birth. Again, he was lame his entire uh, life. And he had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. And Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed, and called out, stand up on your feet. And at that moment, the man jumped up and began to walk. So we see Paul preaching. He's preaching to a group of people, and there's people all over the place, and the Holy Spirit arrests Paul's attention on this one man. I mean, it says that Paul looked directly at him. I think the Spirit of God was showing Paul, this guy right here, I want to heal him. I want him to walk. It's his time. 
And Paul's preaching in the middle of his preaching. He looks at this man and he just suddenly sees what God is wanting to do. And he has a gift of faith. He sees what God is ready to do. And he just stops. He looks at him and he speaks out. Again, faith always speaks. Faith always acts because it's just the confidence knowing God's doing this right now. And so Paul speaks out and he says, stand up on your feet. And the man was healed. He jumps up and he walks. And again, you know, it's a great, it's a great miracle. It's a great miracle. And Jesus does the same thing. We can find in Mark chapter 2 a story of Jesus. And uh, this, is, this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And it says here, a few days uh, later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to him. So he's at Peter's house in Capernaum. And the crowds have filled the house. And it's packed out. And he's preaching to them. Jesus is preaching to them. And then verse 3 says, Some men came, bringing to him a paralytic, carried by four of them. And since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus. And after digging through it, lowered the mat the paralyzed man was laying on. And when Jesus saw their faith, when he saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, there's a reason why he said your sins are forgiven. We'll get that, to that in a second. But let's just paint the picture again. Jesus is preaching to a packed out room full of a house full of people. And there's these guys who have a friend and they've heard about Jesus. They believe he's the Messiah. They know he can heal people. They take their friend, four guys, and they can't get into the house. It's too crowded. So they're like, we are not giving up. And their faith drove them to action. They get up on the house. They dig a hole. And Jesus has seen debris falling down. I mean, he's preaching. These guys are making room. Things are falling. The sunlight's shining through. And they begin to lower their friend right down in front of Jesus. And the Bible says, when Jesus saw their faith, well, it wasn't hard to see their faith because their faith was them digging a hole in the ceiling and lowering their friend down. I mean, their faith was in action. But when Jesus saw their faith, they had a gift of faith. And Jesus saw this and, they, and he saw that God wanted to heal this man. He spoke to the man. He says, your sins are forgiven. Now, he did this for a couple reasons. One, the main reason was because there's teachers of the law there that were criticizing Jesus. And Jesus was, in a real clever way, announcing to them that he is the Messiah because he forgave the sins of this man. They're like, who can forgive sins? You know, only God can do that. And Jesus is like, uh-huh, you know. But then he says, well, so that you know that the Son of Man, in other words, the Messiah, has the authority to forgive sins. He says to the man, get up and walk. And he did. So which is harder, to say get up and walk or to say your sins are forgiven? And the point is, they're equally impossible to man. Man cannot just command someone to walk and heal a person who's been crippled their whole life and paralyzed. And man definitely cannot forgive sins. But Jesus is not man. He is the Messiah. He's God. Amen? But anyway, this, this story is about, again, the gift of faith. And these men had a gift of faith. They overcame all the obstacles to get their friend in front of Jesus because they knew that Jesus was going to heal their friend. 
Wow, that's a gift of faith. Now, Hebrews 11.1 1 defines faith this way. It says, faith is being sure, absolutely sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And I'd like to expound on this a little bit, just to think about it. It's being sure of what we hope for, and it's seen in the spirit, spirit realm. It's seen the will of God and being absolutely sure that God wants to do this right now. God is doing this. This is of God. God is showing me this. And it's a gift of faith that the Holy Spirit reveals to us. But you don't see it in the physical yet. That's what this means. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain in the spirit realm of what we do not yet see in the physical realm. But when that faith is exercised, we then begin to see it. It's just awesome. So I want to encourage you as we study, as we read these stories, as you study, may your faith grow so that you are encouraged that God can do anything through anyone at any time. Because it's not me, it's not you, it's not my righteousness, it's not me obeying the law, it's you and it's me believing, like we started with in, uh, in, in that verse in Hebrews, right? It is through faith, it's not through uh, obeying the law, like Paul reminded us in Galatians chapter 3. And so uh, I remember uh, I was sitting in my office, uh, I think it was 2008 or 9, and we were um, talking about building this building that I'm standing in today. And I remember praying and seeking God and I look out my window and all of a sudden I saw the building. I saw it. I'm like, that's where it's going to go. Now there was just, there's an old little garage there and, and grass. Um, there was nothing there, just an old little tiny garage. But, but God showed me here it's going to be, it's going to be right here. And all of a sudden I had the gift of faith and I, I just saw the building. And from that moment on, I like started to uh, recruit people, make plans, have meetings, and, and it came to pass. And it was just a done deal. Inside of my heart, I saw what God wanted to do and I had the gift of faith for it. And it was just, it was just, uh, it was going to happen. Um, and so th that's how God, he will speak to us. His Holy Spirit will give us a gift of faith, whether it's for a miracle, for someone's healing or for a vision. And, and we just see it in the spirit realm before we see it in the physical realm. But because it's a gift of faith, it begins to come out of our mouth and we begin to act it out and it comes to pass. Pretty awesome. All right, the next power gift is the gift of healing. And this is where the spirit enables the healing or restoration of an individual to health or to wholeness. It can be and usually is physical. But it can also be mental, spiritual, emotional healing. That Jesus wants to heal us body, soul, and spirit, right? All of who we are, God wants to restore and heal and make whole. Now, some of the stories I'm going to start out with will be the physical healings. These are some of the more dramatic stories in the Bible. But I want to just share some, some kind of cool, cool thoughts here. First of all, we see this in Acts chapter 5, it says, verses um, uh, 12, 15, and 16, it says, The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people. People brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats, so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. This is incredible. 
Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. Well, these are gifts of healing. God is, the Holy Spirit is using gifts of healing through the apostles in a dramatic way at the beginning of the, of the church in such a powerful way that even Peter's shadow is healing people as he's walking down the street. This just blows me away. Now, let me just remind you, it's not Peter and it isn't his shadow. It is the Holy Spirit moving through that particular way in that particular moment to bring healing to people. It wasn't Peter. It wasn't his shadow. It's the Holy Spirit. I know it sounds crazy. I know it sounds weird, but that's just the way that the Holy Spirit was doing it in that particular story. But God is the one who makes it happen, right? Another interesting story here in Acts chapter 19, verses 11 to 12 about Paul. It says God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and the evil spirits left them. Isn't that extraordinary? So in other words, there were cloths, handkerchiefs, aprons that, that Paul had touched that people took and then touched uh, on, on sick people or laid on sick people. And when those saints tangibly touched them, they were healed or demons were cast out and people were healed and restored. Now, again, it wasn't Paul. It wasn't the handkerchief or the apron or the piece of cloth. It was the Holy Spirit. But that's just the avenue through which the Holy Spirit did it in that particular time. Jesus was doing this as well. It says here in Matthew chapter 14, verse 35 to 36, it says, When the men of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. So people brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed. Now you may recall a real famous story about a woman who had a, a bleeding condition that fought through the crowd and touched Jesus, and she said to herself, if I can just touch the, the hem of his garment, I know I will be healed. And she was, but she wasn't the only one. Remember uh, the apostle John in his book said, if, if everything that Jesus did was written in books, I suppose there wouldn't be enough room on the earth to contain all of those deeds that Jesus did. We just get one story of one person who touched Jesus' cloak and was healed. But this verse says everybody who touched him were healed. Again, it wasn't Jesus' cloak, but it was the power of the Holy Spirit um, administering the gift of healing to everyone who was touching his cloak. It's about him. It's not about the people. It's not about the, the, the items. It's about the gift of the Holy Spirit who will use you and me in these ways to bring blessing and healing and restoration to people. God is the same yesterday as he is today, as he will forever be. And the same Holy Spirit that was moving through Peter's shadow and Paul's handkerchiefs and Jesus' um, cloak is the same Holy Spirit that anointed them, that anointed Jesus, that is upon you, that can do anything at any time 
through any of us who are completely surrendered to him. Amen? That's what I want you to get out of this, is God is still a miracle-working God. He's still a healer today. There are still gifts of faith, gifts of healings, and gifts of miracles that are distributed to the body of Christ through one another. Now, the other angle I want to touch on before I go on to miracles is in our church, we have a great ministry that's helping a lot of people called Celebrate Recovery. And this is a ministry in which is associated with healing and freedom from past hurts, from addictions, uh, from soul wounds, from habits, from hangups, from labels, from trauma that we've been through. We've all been through difficulties. We've all had some things put on us that didn't belong to us. We've all experienced some pain and hurt that we need to process and be healed from. And so there's also gifts of healing that are not as dramatically physical, but they are just as dramatically important to our soul that can heal us of hurts and wounds. And God uses people. He brings these gifts through people. I've seen this this last week as my mom has been recovering in the hospital and all the nurses that um, I have met over the last week, they just have been amazing. They have, of course, they've been trained. Um, I'm sure they have been equipped uh, you know, to, to serve in their role, but there's something more than the training. It's the heart and it's almost like a gifting that so many nurses that I've met have a gift of mercy, of compassion, of a way of bringing someone back to a place of healing, just in the way that they treat them and talk to them and help them. And, and there's also these gifts of healing through people in our lives that can bring counsel to us, comfort to us in our grief, um, can bring truth and wisdom to us and heal us from deceptions and labels and hurts of the past and can comfort us and bring us out of addictions. And, uh, and the Bible says this in John, uh, James 5.16, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And in this context, I want to encourage you to find, um, like Celebrate Recovery, to come to that ministry or to be in a life group of people that you can trust and you can actually talk about it's not just your sins, but your troubles, your hardships, to be real with one another. The Bible is basically saying, look, if you can be real with one another and just be honest about what's going on in your life, then you can pray for each other. You can receive the gifts of healing and restoration through one another, through the Holy Spirit working in these relationships and conversations, and you can be healed. Let me read it again. See if you get that. Therefore, confess your sins to each other. Be real with each other about your struggles, what's going on in your life, and pray for each other so you can be healed. This is a gift. And God has gifted uh, our leaders in Celebrate Recovery, and He has gifted many people in our lives to be a source of healing to us. But we need to open our hearts to that. You know, sometimes I think about my, my old truck. My truck is... Uh, Oh, it's, what is it, uh, 21, 22 years old now. So lights are on the dashboard all the time. And what, you, what I want is I want that light to go off. <laughs> you know, I got a light on there for ABS, right? Automatic brake system. 
And uh, if I just crawled under my dashboard and found that the switch to that light or pull, pulled the fuse on that light and the light goes off, you know, I'd feel better, right? Oh, I just want the light off. I don't want to, I don't want to have that problem, but it's not really fixing the problem, is it? And a lot of times in our life, we have prayers to God and we're asking for God to basically cut the wire to the light. God, take this headache away. Lord, heal me of this, uh, this, uh, this, uh, heal my marriage, right? Make it better. <laughs> Make it better. Change my wife. Change my husband. Um, you know, take away my, my, my high blood pressure. Okay. And it's okay to pray these prayers, but what if there's something deeper that's causing these symptoms, causing the light, as you will, on the dashboard to, to go off? And God, that's what God wants to do. God wants to get into the core issues of our soul and our hurts and our pains. And you know, a lot of our sicknesses, a lot of diseases, a lot of our, our struggles and troubles come from deep-seated emotional wounds, trauma, beliefs, thoughts that are not true about ourselves. They produce words that can curse ourselves and cause other troubles. And, and then we have all these lights going on, right? We just want those lights off. We want the surface healings, if you will. But God always wants to go deep into the core essence of who you are. And to do that, he often will use other people in our lives. And so I just want to encourage you. God wants you to be healed. He wants you to be made whole. God is not just interested in your physical healing, but also your mental, emotional, relational, spiritual healing as well. And he wants you to be involved in other relationships. Part of that healing process is to be real with some trusted people who are filled with the Holy Spirit so the Holy Spirit can counsel you, encourage you, and through them pray for you so you can be healed. Uh, so if you've been dealing with something like that, check out Celebrate Recovery or get into a life group, start to pursue these kind of relationships so you can be healed, so you can be healed, all right? Lastly, I wanna talk about miracles. Now, the definition of miracle is the activity of God which superimposes the laws of nature. A miracle is something that cannot happen in the natural. In the, the natural laws of gravity or molecular structures or of densities or weather, these kinds of things, they get superimposed. God just does something. He just suspends the created laws for a minute and he does what he wants to do and it is absolutely a miracle. A miracle. It doesn't make any sense in the, in the natural. And the Bible's filled with miracles. In fact, some of the most fascinating stories in the, Bibles, in the Bible are miracles. Um, let's look at a couple real quick one. Uh, Elijah, the prophet. I love watching and reading and studying um, the stories of Elijah. Um, he was used by God to create a three and a half year drought. And then he has a showdown with the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. And so uh, during the showdown, Fire from heaven, which is a miracle itself. God himself just shoots fire out of heaven and sucks up all the water and all the sacrifice and the altar itself in a showdown between the, the false gods of Baal, or the false god of Baal, and the Lord himself. And so after that was done, Elijah goes up to the top of the mountain and he's praying for the drought to end. He's sending his servant back and forth, back and forth, looking at the sky. Finally, the cloud begins to come. And he tells King Ahab, get in your chariot and, 
and take off to Jezreel because the, the rain is coming. If you don't get going now, you're going to get stuck. So he sends him on his way. And then the Bible says this. This is such a cool story. He says, Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Elijah, and he ran ahead of Ahab in his chariot, and he beat him to Jezreel. <laughs> I mean, I'm a runner. I'm a coach. I would love to have that miracle happen for me, you know? Like the Lord, the Spirit of God came upon him and did a miracle, and he just gave him flash speed. You know, the superhero flash? He was just like, boom. He outran the horses. And the, 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 the amazing part of this miracle is that distance was about 31 miles. It'd be like if you're here in Montrose uh, running up to Bay City. Um, I mean, you just don't run to Bay City from Montrose. It's 31 miles. It's longer than a marathon. And yet it was a miracle, right? It's just crazy. There's some crazy stories in the Bible. Uh, there's other times when Elijah called fire down from heaven upon some mockers. Um, he parted the Jordan River. And then... Elisha, his understudy uh, or successor, um, asked for a double portion anointing from Elijah. And so in the Bible, uh, we see there's 14 miracles that Elijah did. And Elisha did 28. So Elisha has some pretty cool things too. And uh, one of them is the healing of the waters of Jericho. Um, that the waters were bitter and spoiled and undrinkable. And God led Elisha to heal the waters. Uh, there's a floating of an axe head in the water. It's just a miracle that defied d densities of, of steel and, and water. Um, but God did a miracle there for, for, to get the axe head back. And one of my favorite uh, miracles that God did was the blinding of an entire Syrian army that came and surrounded where Elisha was to capture him. And uh, Gehazi, I think, well, I'm not sure if it was Gehazi, but one of his servants was with him. And the Lord opened his eyes to see all the angels around. And then the Lord struck the entire army with blindness. And Elisha led the army into the territory of the Israelites. And they were captured. And instead of torturing them or killing them, uh, Elisha said, feed them and send them on the way. And they never bothered them again because they're like, we're never going back there again. I mean, because God just did a miracle. And I just want to remind you, when you are in God's hands, you are in safe hands, right? The enemy cannot do anything to you that, that God, God will not allow the enemy to do anything to you to harm you if you are surrendered to God, if you are in God's camp, right? If you're fully committed to the Lord, you're in good hands, you're in safe hands. And so then um, there's examples, there's an example in the, in the Acts of Paul being bitten by a venomous snake. And uh, he just shook it off in the fire and everybody around him is waiting for him to die. He never dies um, because God just miraculously protected him. And then, of course, Jesus. He turned water to wine, walking on water, calming the storm, multiplying the bread and the fish. I mean, these are all just flat out miracles. Again, as we read these stories in the Bible, as we meditate on these things, this is not just for us to be impressed by Elisha or Elijah or Peter or Paul or even Jesus. It's for us to understand that the same spirit that moved through Elisha and Elijah and Peter and John and Paul and Jesus is the same spirit that is with us now and anointing us now and will do the same things through us when we are fully surrendered to him. Romans chapter 10, 17. I want to close with this verse. 
It says, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. The more that we study and read the Bible and these stories, our faith can grow. Our understanding that God is with us and His Spirit is with us and wants to do the same things that He's been doing all along through us will happen. And then we will begin to allow God to have more control right over our daily agenda when we know what God's plan is. And God's plan is to live through you, to bring blessing and life and the gospel and salvation and healing to those around you. That is God's plan. God's plan is to heal you, to save you, but then to also flow through you to bring that extension of healing and salvation to others around you. And it's a glorious adventure that we get to join in God with. And so I just want to pray for you today um, that this will encourage you. And as you study, that you begin to continue to see that God is with you. He's in you. He's the same. It's the same Holy Spirit that was in, upon Jesus, the same Holy Spirit upon the disciples, the same Holy Spirit all the way back to the beginning of the early stories that we've been blessed to be given by God. And now he's with you and he's with me. And anything's possible. God can do anything through anyone at any time who is completely surrendered to him. Surrender to him today. Lord, I thank you for this time together. I just pray that you'll continue to build our faith, open up our hearts to all that you want to do in us and through us. Lord, we make ourselves available. We surrender to you, Holy Spirit. Lead us and guide us and empower us. In Jesus' name. And now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. And may the Holy Spirit fill you to overflowing. And may that river of living water flow through you to those around you. And may miracles uh, and healing and the gifts of faith and all these other gifts flow through you uh, to bless people around you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.